Hello and welcome to the For Real Podcast. The show discusses music, film and most important theories. I'm your host Matthew, also known as Matty Fieldsworth. And for the second episode of our second season, I've got my good friend Jess, also known as Rain and Coyotes on Twitter. Hi Jess, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> we're, t- we're, we're just going to pretend like we didn't just sit here for the last like 30 <laughs> seconds, just like creasing in, you know. Just chat shit. Be, yeah, trying to be quiet while we're setting up. Um... <laughs> No, we'll start. This is a good. This is. I'm in a good mood today. I've had a few slumpy days, flumpy days even. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to do like freelance editing work, and it's been hard to kind of stay on track. But I'm fine now. I've been doing some work, and I was actually I was watching the film choice again, and it's a bit of a mind fuck, and I'm really excited to talk about it, which we'll talk about at a later point. But how's your day been? What have you done? I went to some charity shops. Love that. Mm. I went to Starbucks <laughs> because I never, I never get like fancy coffee because I always think it's overpriced. But I walked past it today and they had some cute cups, and I was like, I want a cup. And so I went in and I got <laughs> a, a cup and a coffee, and that is why I now have so much energy. Like even Are though you I- the, yeah. I, I, this is my third coffee of the day, so I'm exactly the same. But are you the kind of person that goes into a Starbucks and says, like, can I get, like, a scrimbler blimbler with, like, extra sauce <laughs> and shit like that? Or are you just like, can I have this one, please? Well, I never, I never like, I never go into Starbucks, so I kind of was, like, a bit overwhelmed by, like, mm-hmm. the size of the menu. Um, but I was with my boyfriend, and he went... Um, he he worked in America recently, like he was there for a few weeks, and, oh, okay, he, so. and he literally went to Starbucks like every single day. Um, mm-hmm. So he knows so much, and he went in and he's like, uh, "Can I order the coconut water pink drink, please?" And, and this, the pinkest, most feminine drink comes out. It's like pink and it's got strawberries that in rocks. it. That rocks. I love that. And I love that so much. And he was just like holding it, and he's got no shame. He's like, "This is the most feminine drink, but it tastes so good." Um, and I was just like, can I have iced coffee, please? <laughs> like, just an, an iced coffee. The thing is with me, it's like, whenever I go somewhere like Starbucks, I'll just get something equivalent to like a fucking milkshake. It'll just be like a <laughs> cookies and cream, like 5,000 calories thing. But I recently have been getting into coffee a bit. I, I do French press my coffee because I'm pretentious film grad. So oh I've my got God. A, but, I, but I only drink my coffee black. And that is like the most fucking pretentious cunt thing ever. <laughs> But I do it because I don't give a shit. <laughs> own I, it's it. nice. I, I own it. Um, I'm like drinking a one from like Uzburn at the moment, which is like a local one that I get from the market where I Jesus. live. Jesus. So nice. That yeah, is so nice. hipster. It's not even yeah, like, what can I say? What it's can I say? It's not even supermarket coffee. It's like, <laughs> I get mine from the market. It's organic. No, the, first, the first time I had to buy French press coffee was um, I had to, there was nowhere that stocked it. So I had to go to Waitrose and I was like, it was just, I just didn't like it. I felt very, I felt very Tory. I didn't really like it. Oh, I thought um, you meant like you tried the coffee, but Waitrose coffee wasn't good enough. No, no, no. I, it was the only place that like, no, it was the only place that stocked like ground coffee or something around where I lived because the Morrisons didn't or something. And I was just like, okay. No, but, I, I know anyway. nothing about coffee at all. Like yeah. instant coffee. I'm I'm happy with that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I should make a coffee podcast instead. You know, it'd be crazy instead, instead of fairy one. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't done anything apart from do editing work and watch the thingy. I mean, I had a really I I've got up today and I was like, I'm gonna put this fire ass outfit on, 
and I didn't even fucking go outside. So I'm Seriously? Like, so, sometimes I do that though. I'll just like I'll get out this really nice outfit, but I'm just I'm just editing all day. I'm not even fucking going outside, man. Honestly, but, that outfit I saw it on Twitter. I was oh. like, da- I messaged you. I was like, Where would you get that jumper? Yeah. I need I need that jumper. Um, but vintage stuff, like I hate yeah, how and, you can't yeah. buy it like more than once. Like it's but it's nice to be sustainable. We love but, a sustainable yeah. queen. We love it. We do. We do. <laughs> um, yeah, shout out to Eight Ball Custom Vintage. My friend Keandra has her own uh, brand. If you want to check it out, they have a Depop and Instagram page. So if you guys want to check that out, that's where I got the jumper. But unfortunately, it is like a one-of-a-kind homemade 80s jumper. So you cannot got the, get the jumper. But you can get some of the cool stuff that's on there. Anyway, let's. we've had like six minutes of chatting shit. I'm so sorry. So let's get right into it. Let's. No, no, don't apologize. This is the best way to start a podcast. It's going to be fucking chill. It's going to be bass. We're going to love this, all right? So introduce yourself and what kind of stuff you do or did, and we'll get on to that, and like how you started being a furry and stuff like that. This is your episode, your time to shine. Go, go for it. Ooh, okay. I was thinking about this today. Uh, so, turns out, I mean, it's not a surprise. Like, I knew this, but um, I've been a furry for, like, I'm not good at maths. Since 2011. So, mm-hmm. like, 10? Not more than 10 years. What's on maths? Uh, <laughs> Wait, so 2010. 11 years. There we go. Yeah. Wait, no. Oh Since 2010, did you say? 2011. 2011. Yeah, so it'd be 11 years. Oh my god. I'm so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was checking my fucking levels. So I, I was zoned out as well. So we're fine. So don't worry about it. And we're both just, you know. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so I've been furry for like ages, it mm-hmm. seems. Um, so I found the fandom when I was 11 because I was like, you know, in the wolf phase because oh, everyone. Yeah, of course. We all go through the wolf phase. So mm-hmm. I was like, ah. Oh, fucking love wolves they're so sick like <laughs> i just i want to be a wolf like it actually <laughs> no as like here's the first furry stuff that ever happened in my life was okay. me when i was like four um my mum got me this like for i love dressing up like that was just my thing yeah. and she got me this dalmatian costume and it was like a full body like fake fur dalmatian costume oh my God. with like a tail like a hood <laughs> with ears and I kid you not, I wore this everywhere. And when I mean everywhere, I mean like the supermarket, like just on a walk, like any occasion we went to, I would just wear this Dalmatian costume everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I would never take this off. <laughs> so What's your like fucking dotting around scenes because your mom's like, can you pick out some stuff for packed lunches? And you're like running on all fours down the cheese aisle. <laughs> just like... I'm like barking at people. <laughs> Uh, so I think that was like the earliest kind of hint that something was up there, you know, yeah, <laughs> something, yeah, yeah. something's not quite right there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, come, come the age of 11, I was like, yo, I want to be a wolf or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I just kind of Googled, you know, wolf costume because I still liked costumes. I think they're pretty sick. Like in general, theater, yeah. like anything, costumes are really sick. So I Googled it and I found this fursuit maker called Beast Cub. Um, mm-hmm. And she makes super, super realistic, like, wolf quad suits and, like, fursuits. And I was like, yo, this is sick. Like, I want to be a wolf. So, nice. obviously, you know, continue a few few days later after mm-hmm. Googling, like, the crap out of all these wolf costumes. Yep. I was like, oh, my God, I'm not the only one. Like, there are other people that want mm-hmm. to be wolves. <laughs> so... 
And so I was 11, so I was like, yep. There's a whole online sphere of people who want to be wolves. It's crazy. I was, it was insane. I was like, this is it, man. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I was 11. And then I was like, why is everyone else in this fandom, like, not also 11? Like, why is everyone, like, <laughs> <laughs> why is everyone grown people? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I just, I was like, yeah, I want a fursuit. So literally, like, maybe a week after. <laughs> this is such an awkward story. So like a week after I found the Phantom and yep. I was like, I'm, I'm getting a fursuit. Like it was yep. issue a week and I was like, I want a fursuit. Like I'm ready. <laughs> For like a week in. So you find out what they yeah. are and you just go, yeah, I want one. Okay. Yeah, basically like the logic was just yep. amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So 11 year old me yep. makes a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> oh my God. About no, no, I, I know, I know exactly where, <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with this as well. Like I know exactly where, to continue. I know exactly where you're going. So, 11-year-old me makes a PowerPoint presentation about the history of furries. What are furries? What is a fursuit? Here are some examples of fursuit. And I, dead ass, sit my parents down in a room. I get my laptop and I have this presentation and I'm sat there like pitching this to them because obviously 11-year-old me had no money. Um, Yeah. So I was like pitching it. Like I was so, I was like, yes. I want this animal costume and this is why. And I was so into it. I can't even remember what their reaction was. That, that is think. incredible. See, the thing is, I would I would do the same for like, what is a Nintendo Wii? This is why you should buy a Wii. We can have Wii Fit and we can like be a really, you know, fit, exercising family. Not like, <laughs> and that, that would be like, mum and dad, this is why you should buy me a Nintendo Wii. Not like, mum and dad, buy me a fursuit. That's like, that's fur. <laughs> what the fuck that's mad to me like that's crazy and i think like the the idea that i mean to be fair i feel like people kind of indulge in the internet in like internet culture at different ages and i do think at 11 i was probably just starting to use the internet like loads like fucking going on youtube all the time but i don't think i was at the level where like i was looking at subcultures i think i was just looking at like funny cat videos on youtube that's crazy to me that you were like 11 and you were looking at videos, like not videos, so like looking at like fairy stuff and like seeing the community. But to, to, to someone that is listening to this might be like, oh yeah, well, I started like on Fair Affinity when I was like nine. And I'm just like, it's just weird to me how people kind of find out about subcultures and internet cultures at different ages. And it kind of shows how, I mean, I was, I only became a fairy in like 2019, man. Like that's crazy to me. That's mad. Yeah, no, I, I do kind of wish I wasn't exposed so early. Mm-hmm. I mean, for obvious reasons yeah. you know uh, the unfiltered yeah. internet is uh maybe not the best place uh mm-hmm. for for an 11 year old me but um i think this, the story after that was like they said no you're not getting a fursuit yeah. and then i just kind of forgot about the fandom for a few years mm-hmm. which is super weird like i don't understand why that happened and then like a few years later i think i was like oh yeah that exists let me let me let me get back into that and then yeah the rest is the rest is history history is it yeah it's <laughs> but um i think it definitely was like a bit young mm-hmm. especially because i like um tried to act older because yeah. everyone else was like you know like fucking 20 yeah. 30 and i was like trying to act their age and it's just like nah you shouldn't have done yeah. that and i th- but i think especially i mean i I mean, I think there's probably been some times when I've been in online spaces when I was that age, and I was definitely the same. Um, like, Minecraft comes to mind. Like, I used to go on, like, Minecraft roleplay servers when I was, like, fucking 12, and it was probably not a good place to be when I was, like, 12. Because I was probably like, oh, I'm just roleplaying with, like, other 12-year-olds. Like, not weirdly, but, like, doing this, like, 
it'd be some like cringe fictional teen camp thing you know like te- like you know like fucking disney channel shit and then i obviously would just think oh there's just other people my age doing this but like in reality it was probably some like fucking 30 year old man that was on minecraft with me so uh it is like weird to think that i think it's it's important to keep that in mind as well i guess i think the furry furry space isn't like too bad in terms of online safety i guess and i think in terms of a generational thing uh i think obviously since i mean how old are you um i'm 22 god i had to think that you're 20 oh so, <laughs> so you're the same so yeah so you're the same age as me i feel like our generation or like at least 2000 babies and 99 babies hashtag 2000 it was a weird hashtag 2000 man i'm a 2000 baby too i think it's a weird oh my god oh my god I think it was a weird time for us to grow up because the internet was still getting like figured out when we were little, but the generation kind of, or people who are younger than us, they've like grown up on the internet. So one thing that I get really like weirded out about is I feel like people, I mean, I feel like minors on, on, I mean, I don't want to go on this too much, but this is just an interesting like topic. I feel like uh, young people on the internet are more like, I don't know. I feel like they give so much fucking information away. But I feel like, I, I don't know about you, since we're both from the UK, but the amount of fucking e-safety, like, internet videos I was shown in, like, middle school about, like, sharing your details online would, like, fucking be, like, like that would scare me shitless. I'd be like, someone can steal my identity, and I'm, like, 12, which is probably not the case. But it is just interesting to me, like, I'm still quite cautious on what I share online, but I feel like the younger generations since have grown up with the internet and things are a bit more kind of like it's it's just more expanded now people are kind of more prone to give away information that they shouldn't give away so yeah i i definitely like agree like i i look back and i was like jesus i should like there's so many things i think like if old me could talk to 11 you know 13 year old me i'd I'd probably (laughs) get a bit mad at young me because like some of the stuff i did was like like i was shown those informational videos at school about like you know don't post pictures of yourself online and all that jazz like but you know at the end of the day you're a teenager and you know just you're gonna make bad decisions and like I've learned my lesson um luckily I didn't actually post anything bad Mm -hmm. like I was just a bit like I think I was very innocent and I think a lot of furries did like see that and like tried to message me and I just I was so naive and I was so innocent that I was like everyone has good intentions mm-hmm. and it like i think nowadays it's much i think the fandom's safer personally yeah. i feel mm-hmm. like i think there's a lot more like not rules in place but i think there is like people are a bit more guarded these days yeah. which thank god but mm-hmm. um i think back then i i i don't i don't think i should have made a fur affinity account as early as i did <laughs> i don't did, did you use fur affinity was um i didn't see this is thing this is a thing first fairy thing i made was like my twitter when i was like 19 so i mean that was only like a couple years ago uh i had i mean i don't think i had anything fairy like not even in secret i made a fair affinity when i was a fairy but it was just i don't know why i made it i think i made it just because my mate told me to make it my fairy friend was like oh you should make a fairy affinity account as well and i never used it and i don't think i ever have but um, no i think back in the day like before furry twitter was a big thing i think fur affinity was like the main Mm. i the main i mean at least from my perspective it was like the main social media platform for furries Mm -hmm. but it was also like moderated by like 
I don't know. I don't know who moderated it, but it mm. was just it felt a bit more unmoderated yeah. than it probably should have been. Um, but like, yeah. I think nowadays things are just safer, which is good. Good. So everyone's yeah. happy. Definitely, yeah, I agree. Um, God, it's such a dark subject. I know, I know. We'll move on. We'll move on. But I will say, like, as a side thing, I think there's definitely more that needs to be done in the community. But I feel that can be applied to any sort of subculture and community. And especially, like, I don't want to get on this topic now because I'll be fucking going off on one. But obviously, I think I recently tweeted about, like, women in the fandom and how they, they, their experiences and how they're kind of trek in comparison to other people. And I'm sure you'll have your own personal stories that you obviously don't want to talk about now, which is fine. But, like, I think it's just... for I think we have a lot of way to go, especially, uh, I don't know, in the UK, it's the end of this big... Uh, much of a difference in the US scene of how women are treating the fandom. So even though I feel like we do have a much safer community compared to a more kind of early online one, I do think there are still steps we need to take that are in the right direction. For yeah, I'm sure you agree with me on that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely better than it used to be. That's like, without a doubt, can 100% say that. So, you know, one day we'll, one day we'll get there. But, you know, then again. Always- they're like that's it's just things that unfortunately happen even outside the community as well on like club nights and stuff like that like i've had this conversation with people before it just it sucks and yeah. you know it's awful anyway that is <laughs> enough so of that dark. i know so dark went from like being giddy at the start so to like sorry. being grippy no don't apologize it's fine it's important <laughs> to talk about kind of very stuff and i mean also like i don't know i paused my audio by accident so i'm hoping it's not out of sync so we will see but because of that i'm just a bit Jerry. Anyway, we'll move on to kind of like what you do because you do fairy art now. Um, it's not your main thing though because obviously you do like stuff outside of fairy, and you also used to do YouTube. So we've got a big load of things to kind of unpack here. And I also want to talk about your first suit as well because it's amazing, and I have seen it in person. So <laughs> go with whatever you want to start with. Uh, cool. I I think most people online, I think, know me from. Uh, my YouTube channel, which I started when I was 15, which, oh, oh my God, I was so young. <laughs> well, I actually started on um, Vine. So Vine what? used... Yeah. So Vine used to have a fucking humongous furry scene. Mm-hmm. So it was... I, I mean, it, I think the people that were on Vine at the time know exactly what I'm talking about. But Vine is where every furry YouTuber of my era started. We all started on Vine. Like Vine was amazing. The community was amazing. And I made so many friends from Vine. Like it was just so great. Those were the best days I remember is just Vine furries. It was so good. Um, And then obviously that whole thing shut down. I don't know why. Vine was great. Like it was really good. I think did they not um, like, did the guy not like tease that he was going to make Vine 2 or some shit and then just never did it? I swear yeah, that was the I case. Think, yeah, we all got our hopes up, but I don't think anything ever happened. It's such a shame. It was yeah. so, so wholesome. I loved Vine. But yeah, then like when that shut down, we all moved to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started a YouTube channel because I was like, oh, I want to make more videos. Um, so I literally did like these like stupid Q&As. Like, I look, I watch them back now and I'm like, wow, zero effort. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> um um, but like people seem to like them. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> they weren't even particularly good. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, people just kind of started to follow me and I just made more YouTube videos. And then I did that for a few years and somehow ended up with like 50k subscribers. <laughs> which That's I mad. have no idea. What the hell? I know. Like, and this was all 
before I was 18. So mm-hmm. I was doing all of this yeah. while I was a minor, which is, you know, fine. I mean, it was good video, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did for YouTube for ages and it was like, it actually got me known, which was really weird. So I'd mm-hmm. like go to Comic-Con and people would like, actually recognized me from my youtube and i was like this is crazy because for the longest time it was just me in my room posting videos and then once in the blue moon where i'd go out to cons people would recognize me i was Mm -hmm. like that this is what like i just make videos so i didn't i don't think i realized how big it was Mm -hmm. until that because that, that's mad as well, because Comic-Con's not even a furry general con, and then someone's yeah. recognised you there. How did you find that? Like, Because sometimes I think if I was like 16, 17, and I had a following on like a social media, I see some of these TikTok kids and like these like YouTubers that are like 16, and I'm just like, if I had that amount of eyes on me, it would be fucking, I would be absolutely like i don't know it'd be really i don't know i'll be fucking daunting i'll find it daunting obviously fifty thousand isn't as you know maybe major as something you know it's like big as like a million that some young creators have on youtube now especially since it's grown as a platform but i still think fifty thousand when you're that age is like that is fifty thousand people that are subscribed to see my stuff did you ever find it a bit what the hell <laughs> um i did find it um, a bit overwhelming but the thing mm-hmm. is like I, th- I don't think I ever truly grasped the scale of it mm-hmm. because obviously you know I didn't at the time I couldn't go to furry conventions because in Europe they're all 18 plus and at the time I was obviously yeah. under 18 so I couldn't actually go and interact with furry so I never mm-hmm. understood that but I think um, I had a great support system around me so mm-hmm. at the time I don't know if you know Majira but he's oh, like yeah. basically the biggest furry YouTuber that has ever existed. Yeah. So people like him, like they were really, really kind to me when I was, mm-hmm. you know, doing the whole YouTube thing. They would give me advice. They would help me out. And mm-hmm. they were just like the support system of all these people that mm-hmm. were doing it too, that were older than me, like helping me out. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, that basically gave me that support of what I should and shouldn't do, you know, because I think one of the key things was like, you know, getting cancelled. Like, that's yeah. a really big thing. And it was back then for YouTubers, like, any YouTuber could be cancelled mm-hmm. um, because they voiced their shitty opinion. <laughs> um, but, like, I just I felt that, like, I don't need to voice my opinion on absolutely every subject yeah. ever. So I just, like, I didn't start drama because some people do just start drama. I, and I... Yeah, it's sometimes it's like, again, this kind of goes back to, again, I don't want to get into this too much. But, like, this idea that there are important issues in the fairy community that need to be spoken about, such as how women are treated in the fandom sometimes in in community spaces. And then instead, something that is either bait that someone's, like, put up to be like, oh, let's see, like, let's see if this could cancel someone. Or, like, I don't know, something that just doesn't need as much, like, kind of uproar and attention takes the importance away from those things that should be discussed which are like real life important things that are bad so i think yeah i get i get that idea of you know cancel culture i do agree that if somebody has a shitty opinion and they say a shitty opinion they should be held accountable for it and i completely agree but i do think sometimes people's focus on things tend to take stuff away from important issues so for example there might be a i don't know an art piece that has something dumb on it or like uses it's like someone else let's say like someone accidentally has like a a sonar that 
like coincidentally looked like someone else's sonar, right? Someone will put a tweet out about it and get like 2,000 likes and like loads of retweets and they'll be like, you're a piece of shit. You've stole this person's <laughs> character. And then like something about uh, someone getting harassed at a furry convention or something that is important, like uh, someone being transphobic or a being not just like a horrible human being that actually affects real life things won't get as much traction because it's just, I just don't know, like, it just, I don't know, I'm going back on myself a bit because I do think uh, a lot of furries are good at bringing themselves kind of to attention to those things, but I just see time and time again those things that aren't worth cancelling someone for or aren't worth talking about. The things that are worth talking about are these things that don't get talked about enough, but yeah, that's my take on it. I feel like I'm rambling so much about it. (laughs) No, furries, like just love their drama i don't think there's any other way to put it but furries love drama and furries thrive off of drama mm-hmm. and like don't get me wrong i like a bit of drama here and there but like i think they're really good at blowing it out of proportion yeah. and i think like during the youtube days that was like it was so, oh, there was so much it was like rumors mm-hmm. and like this guy said this thing and he said this and like i think it was just it got so messy at times mm-hmm. that i think you had to learn to just take a step back and just not get involved like it there was like i think i was like with the youtube especially i think i was quite mature about some things like considering i was only about like 16 um like i just took a step back and every time i took a step back from like those situations it like it always paid off like you know it would just blow away (laughs) so i think for i don't know it just furries love drama it's so complicated but i think it's just it i don't think it's ever going to change like that's the fandom lives off of drama and you got to learn to live with it and i think that's Mm -hmm. such a key lesson that i think every creator has to learn in the fandom especially is like just stay away don't get involved it's (laughs) it's not important unless obviously it is like quite a you know an important subject like transphobia and all that But, like, stupid, like, your fursona colours are really similar to this person's fursona. Like, it's... It's just, like, like, like get, get a fucking grip. Like, genuinely. Get a life. Yeah, like, it's an imaginary dog. Like, yeah. calm down. It's just, oh, my God. <laughs> I could go on about this forever. But furries have never changed when it comes to drama. Um, I think... Hopefully they will, yeah. but don't know. I think artistic things are important to bring up in terms of like i don't know like tracing is important or like somebody is genuinely stealing something that is yours or reposting that is important to bring up because that is your work and you should fight for your work but pulling things out your ass and being like this person has blue stripes i have blue stripes is like why is why is this being made you're literally doing this so you get clout and it's like what what is the point just go dog dog, just go outside man I, i just can't I just don't understand yeah. it, bro. Like, I don't have the energy for it. Like, this is the I realest. Just... This is the realest fucking episode I've ever had so far. This I'm is so like, sorry. This... I don't know no, why this, I'm no, bringing this up. Is, <laughs> this is this is this is jepic. This is fucking real. Both, I know. you know, it's because a lot of your stuff that you've done is based around internet audiences and in, like you know, yeah, that, no, or in, in growing up. up, growing up with the internet. And it's important to talk about these things. Yeah, no, I've literally like grown up. Yeah. basically just making videos and like trying to integrate myself mm-hmm. into the fandom yeah so much so um, how how come you stopped doing videos then was that just a well, thing if you just couldn't do it or like in terms of time constraints or 
I mean, it was getting, it was going really good. I'm not going to lie. Like, come, I think it was like 20, 2017. I don't know. Around like the 2015 to 2018. Mm-hmm. That was like my peak YouTube period. Um, And there was that one time I was on, um, I was on the front page of YouTube for 24 hours. It was like this create on the rise what? thing. Yeah, no, it was humongous. I think that was my like biggest thing that happened in my YouTube. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to say career because that sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> but in my like, you're YouTube such a little timeline, influencer, man. You're such a silly I'm little not influencer. An influ- I hate that word. I hate it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was I was the creator on the rise for like 24 mm-hmm. hours, and in that 24 hours, fucking Philip DeFranco tweeted about the fact I was on the front page of YouTube. Oh, what? And then Drama Alert, which is run by... I what, Keemstar? Keemstar yeah. fucking tweeted not about he, you? No, not... Wait, did was it Keemstar? Because Keemstar... Keemstar... I think there was only one time in Drama Alert where someone took over Keemstar and he's done it for the rest of the, like, rest of his YouTube career. So maybe it was him. No, they did... Rain no, and Coyotes okay. on the now front Now I remember. Page. No, I remember. So, basically, Philip DeFranco tweeted, like, today's creator on the rise is a furry um really interesting like he didn't say it was if it was good or bad he was just like yep. interesting and then scarce i don't know if you know scarce. oh he was a gay excuse you all right I, I watched this back the other day because i had to like refresh my brain so then he t- in one of his videos was like oh yeah by the way um today's creator on the right like philip defranco tweeted today's creator on the rise is a furry and then he in his video was like yeah i don't care if you're into that i just don't want to fuck dogs and then at the time that he made that video and that i wasn't the creator on the rise i was 16 Mm -hmm. so all these weirdo scarce followers came over and they were like you fuck dogs you fuck dogs and i was like i'm literally a 16 year old girl like calm your tits like oh my god it was so much anyway (laughs) did you did you ever Uh, like do a response video or anything to like all the shit or was it just like a kind of was it not worth it? No, I did. I did do a response video and I watched it back the other day because um, I haven't watched my videos in years and I watched them all mm-hmm. back the other day just to kind of refresh my brain on it. And I ha- like I handled it so good considering the mental state I was in after that and yeah. like considering my age. I handled it so maturely and I'm like really proud of myself for doing that because I, I think I disabled my comments for those yeah. 24 hours because like obviously within the first 10 minutes like... It was just, it was just fucking cr- chaos, absolute chaos. Rainy chaos, haha. <laughs> Rainy chaos. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so I disabled my comments, and like, I think lots of people were like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Like, why did you disable your comments? But I think for my sanity, I think that was such a good move on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I think at the time I did, I did handle that really well. Like, I don't want to like, you know, <laughs> boost my own ego, but I was like 16 at the time. I've yeah. got to remember that. And like and again, situations yeah. like that, I handled well, mm-hmm. I think at the time, and I'm just lucky that I had that mental strength to do that because mm-hmm. it could have gone really messy. I mean, I think if I was in your situation, I would be fucking shitting myself and I would not be able to <laughs> deal with that at all. I remember Don't when worry, I, was, I was. Yeah, when I was twelve, I used to have my own like cringe ass YouTube channel, and people at school obviously used to bully me because that happens all the time when you make YouTube and you're fucking twelve. And somebody I don't know who made a like I hate. I used to be called this is so cringe. I used to be called DJ Monkey Gaming. That's an like, elite <laughs> name. Elite name. That's um, such a good DJ name. DJ Monkey Gaming. My son used to be a monkey. I used to be called Matthew the Monkey back in the day, man. That was my like old oh my God, Sona. monkey Sona. Monkey that Sona, is man. So good. Anyway, so someone made a website when I was like 12 and put like, it was like, 
genuinely made a website. I don't know how I found out about it. I think my friend Charlie sent me and went like, yo, somebody made this website. And it was like, DJ Monkey Gaming sucks. And it was like a massive hate <laughs> website. And I was like, in, in my head now, it's hilarious because I'm like, I'm 22 now. And I'm just like, who the fuck was I living in? Like, whose head was I living in rent free to make that? And like, but when I was 12, I was like in bits. I was really upset. So like anything online for me was like, I was just mad sensitive. And now I don't give a shit because I, I'm, I've, you know, grown up with more with the internet and I'm like an adult now, but... I feel like if I was in your situation, I would be bricking it. And I think what makes it worse is I think, luckily, furry, if you Google or like, sorry, YouTube search furries now, a lot of the top videos are either big creators like um, Anthony Padilla or um, a kind of news outlet that cover furries with good research and don't have like a smear campaign against them which i i um wrote about my dissertation not dissertation uh just a paper i did for uni um on like the media representation furries because some outlets will just do it for the sense of this will get clicks and views if we say not all furries are like this then they won't get any traction because they'll just be boring but if they're like these people in animal suits fuck and it's all about fetishes then that gets some clicks because that's quote-unquote exciting to the general public that are you know, vanilla and not queer. So it's a thing of, I don't know, about when I'm a bit of a tangent, but basically like, I think when you were making videos, when you were like 16 was like the height of Leafy is what we were talking about. I was talking about on the last episode about um, what YouTubers that I was watching when I was like 15, which is like the cringe right wing pipeline shit with like Leafy is here and like Pyrocynical, who is a furry, uh, <laughs> but would make very cringe videos. And, you know, Leafy's here making very cringe videos. It was like, I think 2015, 2016 was the height of like commentary YouTubers that would just take the piss out of furries because it would be good for the algorithm and would get them views. And it's an easy target because at that point, I don't think there was hardly anybody in like a YouTuber or internet kind of culture that weren't hated more than furries at that time. I genuinely did. I was was going to say like that was peak, like hating on furries is cool mm-hmm. i'm so edgy like look at these freaks dressing in animal costumes yeah. like it was that it was peak furry like bullying time i hate using the word bullying because like <laughs> it's just it yeah it was just peak like hating on furries is cool time um yeah. on youtube which was a shame like nowadays it's so good like i mean it's not perfect obviously but back then it was pretty like mm-hmm. intense hate so it was yeah it it takes a lot of mental energy yeah. to like read all these hate comments that you get from literally 12 year old <laughs> people that play minecraft and they're like oh my god you're so weird and see, that I, are probably now yeah. furries <laughs> see the thing is that, yeah that is exactly it it's like that's the furry pipeline is i hate furries wait this is actually okay oh I, I am a furry but i think there's two ways of looking at it in terms of socials i think where youtube was at in 2015 2016 is where TikTok is at now. And Ooh. I think uh, you, I think when it comes to furries, it's either people are accepting enough or nice enough to not really care on YouTube, or I think the community is large enough where people kind of have the support there when there are like hate comments. But I think the way that TikTok works and the way that the algorithm is, I think it's a thing of like, it pushes for interactions and the interactions are going to be from the people who give the hate on the furry videos. But it, I think it works both ways because sometimes it does the for you page pushes furry stuff. So furries can support furries on 
TikTok. I mean, I'm not a furry TikToker myself. Um, maybe somebody who's listening, uh, if on the if you're listening on the YouTube version, you can put a little comment and be like, my experience as a furry TikToker is this. But um, <laughs> why yeah, do you think you sound like that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm fucking ill. <laughs> I, I just, that, that's my voice for everything. That's my voice for everything. That's my that's my little podcast voice. I'm on so, TikTok. I'm on TikTok. <laughs> so yeah no i do think that's it i think tiktok kids are just relentless they i I think people don't know boundaries on tiktok i have the story where uh, i used to have tiktok and i did videos of like i used to have a really cool uni bedroom before i graduated and i had a crt tv which like one of those box tvs with ovhs tapes and used to film like my vhs stuff on there and put like cool graphics on it and stuff and it used to get a bit viral. And I had like 3,000, 4,000 followers, which in TikTok's eyes is not big at all. But for me, I was like, damn, that's like 4,000 people wanting to watch videos and like just me recording my telly. So I did a room tour because I like recently put some stuff on my wall and I really liked the stuff on my wall. And there was like probably two, I don't know if I've talked, I might have talked about this on the podcast before maybe, but maybe I don't know. I feel like I have. But anyway, I just did a room tour and there was, you know, with TikTok, you can record clips and sync it up the music and just do little things like here and there. And there was a two second clip of me showing off my outfit in the mirror. And some like somebody added their friend in the comments. And then they replied, the person replied saying like, I would peg them. And I was like, I was like, first of all, why the fuck would you comment on that in someone's video? Because it just it's just really uncomfortable. It's very weird. And then I checked their profile and they're fucking minors as well. And I'm just like, you are weird. So I like ended up deleting TikTok for a while because I was like, it just makes me uncomfortable that people are commenting these this shit on my videos. And that's from someone who, you know, I've only, only had like 3,000, 4,000 followers. I think it's just this thing of like, with TikTok, people just don't know boundaries at all. Like, like they just don't know what is right to say and what is okay to say because people are just relentless on it. People take the piss out of people. People will just say like, "What?" People are way that 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 the the sentence that you always see on TikTok because I've recently just downloaded again is people are way too open on this app. And like, it's funny to say, but it actually is true because people are just fucking weird on it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you've got it or have any experiences on it, but that's my thing. Like, I just don't. TikTok's uh, TikTok, man. TikTok's like a fever dream. Like, it is. Yeah. It's the space between reality and fiction. Like, it's <laughs> like don't you. Don't get me wrong. I spend so much time on TikTok. Like, yeah. I spend so much. Like, I can't express. How, like, I could go to my phone now and check, like, how many hours a day I spend on it. But it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But um, you are definitely right. Like, if people don't have filters. Like, it's two times as bad as, like, YouTube was back in the day. Like, it's horribly toxic. And, like, yeah. I respect any furry that has the guts to post regularly on TikTok. Because, like... When I do, because I I use TikTok like normally, I don't use it for furry content. I just use yeah, it for like normal yeah. pe- normal people stuff. But yeah. every time I see one pop up, it's usually like, it's usually popular because like everyone's like, oh my god, they're so fucking weird, and like the comments just oh yeah oh my god. Because usually just... when when I see something that's furry on my TikTok, I'm like, oh my god, furry things happen to come on my TikTok. Let's go, and then I'll just check the comments, and I'm like, the only reason I'm getting this on my for you page is because people are taking the piss. Like, that is the yeah. only reason that it's on there. Yeah, no, it's it's so much respect for anyone who, like, manages to yeah. deal with all of that, but, like... Do what makes you happy. Who fucking cares, man? Some 15-year-old, like, calls you gay on TikTok. It's like, okay, yeah, I am, and... Like, just fucking do whatever you want, man. Like, it just, just doesn't matter. I don't know. I've always been a thingy of that. 
but at the same time I understand how difficult it is sometimes to not kind of listen to that side especially when you've got a big following and that's what I was talking about before where like there'll be creators that you know I mean I think it goes for celebrities as well like I would be freaked the fuck out if I kept getting people like saying weird things about me on the internet like I just couldn't I just don't think I would be able to handle it and that's why I kind of like having a small audience of people that you know indulge in things but i don't know maybe it's just yeah. food just food for thought let's we're on 44 minutes Aid, this is gonna be this could be an extra long podcast i've fucking I'm decided so no i do not apologize <laughs> i've decided it's gonna be a longer podcast episode so let's talk about there's two things i want to talk about before we move on and that is kind of wet well three things where you're at now in terms of fairy stuff your fursuit uh when you got it in height and you know like how we found it yeah. and uh, convention experience are the three oh, things fab. so whatever you want to start with and we can just do a quick fire i think like lots of th- lots of people ask me about like the youtube like why i stopped yeah and like I t- I've, I've, I've always meant to make a video about it like i've always in the back of my head like meant to make a video but this has been like what f- how many years five five years maybe i don't know um, I'm not good at maths, <laughs> as we found out, <laughs> but I've been meaning to make a video for so long about why I stopped YouTube. And I think mm-hmm. the easiest explanation is um, I basically stopped at the time when my GCSEs started because, you know, doing fair YouTube and also doing school is yeah. it's a balance and it is a difficult balance. And like I struggled at school, so I ended up just not not it wasn't like a big decision i made to stop it's just basically i ran out of time mm-hmm. um and i had to focus on school um yeah. and then i was like oh i'll do it after my gcse's and then my a levels came and then like that came and like just it was education is the reason i stopped it's like yeah. i had to focus on real life like lots of furries mm-hmm. make being furry their life and that's fine like that you do you you know but for me being furry was a hobby mm-hmm. and um I just made the decision like my real life is more important right now than this dog costume. Yeah. <laughs> so I just made that decision like yeah. I you know I'm going to prioritize this. Mm-hmm. Um and it just from there A levels and then uni and then mm. like did you, did, <laughs> I've now did, graduated. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's crazy. Time flies. Did you ever yeah. find that frustrating? Did you ever want to continue it like properly or did you ever think you wanted to continue it properly or were you more um, like I think the way I want to pursue things in terms of career. I mean, because we both did, we, me and me and Jess both did film at uni, so we both have a you know, filmmaking background of things. So, did you ever feel like that YouTube stuff contributed to what you wanted to do as a career, or did you always feel like you wanted your way in the industry or go into further education differently? Oh my god, the hundred percent the YouTube thing mm-hmm. absolutely influenced the fact I studied film. Like that, yeah. that is. I'm not even gonna like. No, I 100% that is why I studied, the degree I studied is because I did for YouTube, mm-hmm. which now that I look back is pretty fucking wild. Like, <laughs> it's it's just so weird to look at. And because I think I used, I actually used the furry YouTube thing on my personal statement that you do to get into uni. Because mm-hmm. I was like, when I've like, you know, you got your strengths, your weaknesses. If I put in my CV that I ran a YouTube channel that has like, you know, 50K subscribers, unis are going to be like yo we want that and so <laughs> I, I basically i was like i'm good at making videos mm-hmm. as i can see from my youtube let me study that um yeah so i thought to myself oh my god perfect you know i can study and then 
I can make YouTube videos again because, you know, A-levels are over and I'll be at uni and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be away from my parents and I can, like, do what I want and I can yeah. make more YouTube videos. But it just never quite happened. Like, mm-hmm. you know, your priorities shift and, like, in uni, your priority is making friends and being social. And I didn't really want my flatmates to see me in a dog costume, like, <laughs> filming videos in my room. <laughs> so it just never happened. It just... I was... real life always comes first for me and at the time i just wanted you know you want to make the most of being at uni definitely you want to be making the most of you know your early 20s like i just it i lost the passion like Mm -hmm. i had the channel the channel was there but i just lost the passion and if i did continue to force myself to make these videos the quality would have gone downhill Mm -hmm. and like everything would have gone downhill Mm -hmm. you know people would have stopped watching it would have just been so sad yeah. So I'm glad I stopped when I kind of lost the passion mm-hmm. instead of trying to force myself to do it. Yeah. Because it's not, you just got to do what you enjoy doing, you know, it's not fun. I mean, I didn't do the podcast for a bit because I was just like, I know I'm not going to enjoy it. It's just going to give me stress. I want to do it when I can fully commit to it and be passionate and be happy with what I'm bringing out. And that's where I am at, I'm at now since I've graduated. So I, I yeah. understand that, definitely. So... Yeah, no, I just, you just kind of lose the passion and I just, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think you should force yourself to do something that you're not really into. I mean, you can, but like for me, it just, it wasn't enough to return to YouTube. Like now I'm like, ooh, actually, (laughs) you know, maybe maybe I will. And I'm really like the the idea of it is really exciting to me. And like, I've gone to conventions now um, and there's people there like at Confuzzled um, that were like, oh my God, I used to watch you when I was 15 and like, they're the same age as me now but then back when i was making videos they were like yeah so this was crazy at the last yeah the last confuzzled i went to someone came up to me and they were like yeah i used to watch your videos all the time like you know i was 15 and like at the time like all the youtubers the furry youtubers were like 20 something but you were the only furry youtuber that was the same age and that's i think that's a big another big reason why it did so well is that there were a lot of furry creators that were like adults but there weren't many that were like was a voice for the mm-hmm. younger furries in the fandom because obviously younger furries get such a bad rep they yeah. they used to they still do and i think at the time a lot of people were really glad that there was someone to like represent them mm-hmm. i mean oh my god saying i represent younger furries is such you, a fucking you, like you part that you part the fairy council bro i just Crazy. i sound i sound like such like <laughs> very so MP. egotistical but no no but like, i get you though. people get have you. said this to me over and over yeah. like you know you were one of the only young furry creators mm-hmm. um and it was really nice to like it was relatable i think yeah. because lots of the videos i made were like how to tell your f- parents you're a furry or how to like decide um what fursuit to get like mm-hmm. really like you know that it was aimed at people my age yeah um which the reason i started is because there were other youtubers before me that were my age too that made videos and i was like yeah. yo i'm not the only one so that's why I started because other people did it, and then mm-hmm. like so on and so on. You know, like ah, oh, I've gone on a tangent. <laughs> no, it's what fine, were we talking no. about? <laughs> we were talking about. We're talking about. I I don't even know at this point. I'm, we're talking, I'm lost. <laughs> I know. Well, I was t- we were talking about where you're at now because you're just doing art and stuff, aren't you? And you're just chilling. But then, yeah, but no. then you're doing uh, kind of sea life experience okay, kind so- of stuff. The story we'll have to go of... with this it's fucking 52 yeah, minutes, right. bro. Go, right. go, go, okay. go, 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 yeah, go, Yeah, yeah, okay, 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 okay. So, yeah, went to uni because 
uh, I studied film because I was a YouTuber. I was like, I can study film. Well, I actually wanted to study media and I did for the first year and then I switched mm-hmm. to film. I'm not a film buff in any sense. Like, Damn. I just like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, I know because the thing is, I'm a film student, but I've watched fuck all films. So. No, that's the thing. I studied media because I like photography. I like drawing. I like mm-hmm. graphic design. I like, you know, any sort of media I yeah. like to make and also to, to watch. So I, was, I wanted to study media um, which then ended up being filmed because of university things. Um, mm-hmm. So that's so weird that I, I started studying film because of being a furry YouTuber. Yeah. And then because I had that experience in social media, when it came time to graduate, I was like, social media is a huge industry at the minute. Yeah. Um, and I have the experience. I have the degree. Let me apply to some like social media marketing jobs. Um and then, blah, 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 you know, I graduated a year ago and now I'm the social media manager of the National Aquarium, which That's is fucking crazy. That's crazy. Because so I've seen your stuff because you share it on your Instagram because obviously I've got your personal Instagram and I love it because it's like you got like, I don't know, you just the way you use the footage and like some of the like cre- creatures, the little fucking starfish and shit I, so- <laughs> I sound like I, I sound like an absolute like dumbass, but I'm being genuine. I'll be like, la, 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 starfish. When I see it on my Instagram. No, it is. It is super, super cool. And sometimes you have drone shots as well. I'm pretty sure I've seen. Oh, I didn't do those. <laughs> I wish yeah. I did those. But um, yeah, the reason... The, 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 it's just crazy to me that I think now the reason I have the job I have and the job I love so much is because I was a furry YouTuber. That's why I am where I am today, which is, to me, it's fucking wild. That, like, is, that is crazy, though. Like, I just that, can't believe it. <laughs> I feel like I'm the same, though, because loads of people have this thing of like when did you start being passionate about film and i feel like it was when i started making youtube videos when i was like 16 i used to make these like silly little vlogs of like me and my mates like just dicking about in my hometown and i think that's what made me realize like i wanted to make films and i wanted to do things that were creative like kind of outlets of video and audio and just making and telling stories for a visual kind of art so yeah I, i i get you though even though it is like, in simplest forms, it's like, I did this degree because of furry YouTube. I understand it as well, because I feel like I did the same thing, but I did a f- degree, I did a film degree because of stupid vlogs I made with my friends. So people find their creative ways differently. Maybe if I was a furry earlier on in my life, I would have done the same as you. So, yeah, knows? no, it's, I think being a furry, like, while it is a hobby, and like, I still do consider it a hobby, I think it is definitely a creative gateway mm-hmm. into things that happen in real life. Yeah. So I don't think you can ever completely take it for granted. Like, you know, no no skill you ever learn goes to waste. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're an artist, a furry artist, you're still an artist. You know, if you make furry videos, you're still a videographer. Like, it's just a subcategory, you know? Yeah. Like, think, I think, yeah. yeah, people take furries for granted sometimes. It's like... It's yeah. still real life. Like these mm-hmm. are still valuable skills and media that you can't just like overlook, you know? Mm-hmm. I think the way I'm looking at my own creative process now is that I want to make stuff that is intertwined with my fairy side and my fairy kind of uh, hobbies because that is a part of my creative process and it's a part of my passion in on a creative side. And I do have a lot of things in mind that I want to do, but obviously it's going to take time to do those. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil what I've got in my head. Because it's like, I don't know. I'll probably, I'll probably talk to you about it anyway, to be honest. But like, I just have loads of ideas for creative stuff that I want to do that is intertwined with theory. Like the podcasts and stuff. 
And I mean, going back to what you were saying about your personal statement as well, I sometimes, when like job applications are like, uh, you need to show that you've got um, experience with like Adobe Audition. And I'll be there like, that's what I edit the podcast on. So I'll be like, oh, well, I edit my own podcast. But then I'm worried to give like, what's the podcast? And I'll be no, like, that always, honestly, oh podcast. my God. That is like the most dreaded question I have ever had in my mm-hmm. life. And I mean, the thing so, is, like, I, I don't give a shit what people think about me in terms of furry stuff. But my issue is, is that if it comes between me and getting a job, I don't really want to work for somewhere that like judges me based on furry stuff. But that might be just based on misinformation or not knowing a lot about it. If I say furry podcast and the Google furry and the first oh, news article is fetish, it's like, well, I've just lost my opportunity of getting a job. And as a grad, I as a grad student, I really, I just can't afford that right now. I just need a <laughs> fucking job. But anyway that you you understand my frustration there which feels nice because yeah no yeah literally. like you're trying to be like i run a podcast and then they like oh like i run a youtube and it's like oh what's it about and it oh my god i oh uh, <laughs> the amount of times i've been asked that in interviews by my co-workers like by my boss mm-hmm. it's oh my god and there's like no easy way like i'm not ashamed in any way to like like that i'm a furry but it's just explaining it is the most awkward process as an adult like in uni i was like oh yeah i dress up as an animal like fuck yeah Uh, but in a professional environment to like explain it is so awkward and my fucking co-worker i don't know how she found my youtube channel i don't know how but she found it and I literally, like, the day she, we were at work and I was like, oh, yeah, I used to, like, I used to have a YouTube channel. And literally, like, two seconds later, she found it. I was, oh, my oh God. Oh, my was, God. I think it was the worst day of my life. I was literally <laughs> like, please, close it, close it. Like, I, and I'm never serious with any of them. And I was like, seriously, like, please close it. And, like, as soon as I went home that day, I unlisted about, like, 95% of my videos. That's mad. Because, I mean, it's not the fact I was a furry. I mean, yeah, it totally was. But it was more the fact that, at the time, I was 15. And and you, you've changed the person a lot more now, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like I'd be the same. Like, it's kind of like archiving Instagram posts, maybe not as monumental as a YouTube video, but I feel like I, I archive posts of when I was 16 that I'm like, I do not like, not how I look, but I mean, they're memories, but they're, it's just like, I've changed as a person and I don't really like this photo of myself being on my it'll be like a dumb photo of me in high school or something and i'll just be like i don't know it just doesn't fit what who i am anymore yeah. and it's the same as a creator there might be some things that you've made that you're like i don't want this to represent who i am especially if it's you know a good few years old and you're like i can make something better that i want that i want to you know represent me instead so yeah, yeah. no that's why most of my videos are now unlisted is just because like it's not because for any other reason other than they just don't represent who I am anymore. And it just, I've changed so much. Like, you know, between the age of 15 and 22, I mean, Jesus Christ. Like seven years, man. Seven yeah, years. so it just doesn't represent me. So I was like, yeah. there's no need for them to be on the internet anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it's time for them to go. It's not who I am. And like, that's okay. Like, you grow as a person. And like, I'd like people to remember me in their heads and not... Yeah through videos of me (laughs) when I was 15 you know um but like I think you just kind of like you know you grow and you change and Mm -hmm. that's that's cool and like I want to make videos again I do and you know maybe they'll be worse than they used to be because you know you have a lot more energy when you're 15 Mm -hmm. (laughs) than you do when you're like 22 but 
yeah, I think it's okay to just like start fresh. It's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good. That's a nice way to round it off. I think it's a nice round off. Uh, even though, awesome. even though I want to keep, even though I want to keep talking about stuff, but it's an hour. We're on an hour. I'm we talk so about food stuff. Right you, you know how much I usually <laughs> d- delegate for this section, Jess? I delegate like thirty to thirty-five minutes, man. Oh, I just, have too, much I just luckily, have too much banter. But look at too much banter. No, you have too much crack, man. You have too much fucking. <laughs> and so it's fine. I think it's fine because luckily for the choice this week, for we'll talk about the album, which is Pools to Bathe In by The Japanese House. So I, I was going to say, so I was going to say, I think it's going to work with the timings because this is like the first time on the podcast we've had like an EP. So this is only like a four track uh, EP. It's like 15 minutes long. So we could probably have like five minutes on this and then talk about Truman Show. For- oh, I've just spoiled it. I just spoiled the film. You fucking <gasps> spoiled it. Oh to- my God. To- well, it'll be in the description, but uh- also, um, I just got, a- I'm off topic. Um, I just, okay. I'm seeing, um, do you know Kloof? Kloof Suits? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm seeing her tonight. She's she's just messaged me. She's like, I'm on my way over. So you might have a <laughs> fucking cloof suits just. Oh my god, crazy! Pop up on the podcast. Well, yeah, <laughs> I've got a cloof suits tote bag. I bought a cloof suits tote bag. It's CFC. So. Oh my god, yeah. she's so That's talented. Good. Anyway, <laughs> we need to continue. Oh we my god. Continue. Okay, so pools to bathe in is. I mean, I listened to it a couple of few times since it's a small um thing. It's a small. EP. I really liked it. And I think it's I've had the Japanese house recommended to me before by my friend Joe. Shout out Joe. And he was like, they're really good. I think he's like a massive fan of Mitsuki as well, so it's like his kind of style. My the biggest thing that struck out for me, I will fit before you get on to I just want to get this off my chest because it's like literally every single track on this EP made me feel like this. Before I'm like, what made you choose it? It reminded me so heavily of like, even though this came out before this album, it reminded me so much of the style of um, the 1975. Like on a sense of like, uh, do you know that I like it when you sleep album? The one that's like white. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me so much of how that album is like sounds, even though this came out before that because this came out in f- 2015. That came out you know, uh, you know in 2016. super interesting that you say that because mm-hmm. they actually, um, I think they... What's it called when a band, a support band, when they go yeah. like, so they were a support band for the 1975. Ah, uh, no so way. So they, I think, I mean, I think so. Like if someone mm. Googles this and I'm not right, please don't like kill me. But um, oh my I'm, God. like, I'm fairly, I'm fairly sure they mm-hmm. were a support band for the 1975. Yeah. I'm not sure what year that was, but mm-hmm. that is basically the reason I discovered them is they were like, you know, YouTube recommendations. I was listening mm-hmm. to 1975 and it popped up. That's so um, cool. So they, I'm, I'm guessing they have like they, they have a close-ish relationship because I mean, yeah, they went on yeah. tour together. But God, f- every song in that album, oh mm. my God, just make, makes me feel like I'm floating. Like, yeah, I get that. Oh, I get that. Emo- you like, you like, you know, like SpongeBob. You know, like SpongeBob. The SpongeBob. <laughs> oh my God! Group? Yeah, the meme. <laughs> the floating meme. Yeah, that is that's me when I listen to like Life of Pablo by Kanye, like literally all the time i, I send that all the so time good. i fucking love it so what made you want to choose this ep in particular like what stands out you on? obviously you've just said that every track makes you ascend why is that the case well i found the the album years and years ago so mm-hmm. so many years ago and i listened to it through so many like heartbreaks and so many like times in my life where i was going yeah. through like emotions and uh every like 
I find no other songs could describe the way I felt like those songs did. Like it wasn't even mm-hmm. the lyrics. It was just, you know, when you just feel a, like you hear a song and it's like, damn, like that's that's what my head sounds like at the minute. Yeah. And like, again, not because of the lyrics, but just because of the, the sounds and the like, sound of it, yeah. the way it makes you feel. And like, it's just one of those albums I can always go back to and I'll always listen to and I'll always be like, damn, that is what my head sounds like, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really no, I, oh my yeah. God, it's so deep. <laughs> I no, no, no. I feel exactly the same way with music. I find uh when it comes to media in general, stuff that I can relate to the most or kind of uh, or like apply to my own issues and problems and emotions in my life, I have the strongest connection to. I think for me, that's like me, this is like the typical skater boy fucking reply. And everybody <laughs> since I've said that sentence, everyone's gonna know what I'm about to say. But, like, that is me with, like, Blonde by Frank Ocean. Like, that is, like, literally how I feel. Like, the 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 way that album sounds and the way that it's kind of structured kind of perfectly represents when I listen to that. I'm like, this is how I'm feeling right now. Like, this is exactly... It's just... And it makes me ascend. It's, like, a fucking amazing record. But we're not it's here to talk crazy. about Blonde. <laughs> we're not here to talk about Blonde, but that I, I understand why you feel like that in, in a way. And I feel like all the tracks on the EP have like a solid solid like similar style and sound and it's nice for an ep to have that i think because you know it's a extended play it's a smaller kind of thing compared to an lp and if you had a similar style for a whole album it might get a bit too stale but i think this is a perfect length to kind of explore the kind of sound that they have in a kind of smaller art form i like the album cover as well i really like the album cover love it, it's lovely love it. it's so... I, lo- I love blocky kind of stuff it's i don't know I just like, love it. It just it's yeah. so the whole thing is just one aesthetic dream. Yeah. Like I just oh I bloody love them. Also, did you know the lead singer is actually a girl? I for years thought it was a guy, but turns out I'm 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 gonna look up if they are in fact identified as a girl because last time I checked they did. It might have changed, but they basically use so many effects that I, I don't I don't know how they do it. I think they must they must do like a pitch shift or something. Yeah, because that's what I was gonna say. There's a lot of glitchy like kind of production on this thing, in yeah, terms of so... percussion and the vocals. Like, there's a lot of kind of stuff like that on it. Yeah. So um, I was a bit shocked when I found out because I always just thought it was like a guy singing, mm-hmm. but like the lead singer, their voice is just the emotion. Oh my! I could talk about this forever, but basically. This album makes me feel like just, oh, I don't know, just yeah. so nice, dreamy. It's nice. Like even their new music is still just so. Mm-hmm. What's the word? Ethereal? Is that a word? Yeah, that's, a, that's no, no, a yeah, word. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think. Well, we can talk about all four of the tracks since there's only four of them. We'll quick fire it. We'll quick fire it since we've been taught in loads. But we'll. I want to give you as much time as you want to talk about stuff because these are your choices and your you know your passions in terms of film and album so you talk for as long as you want and i'll just edit it down man people can have a longer episode it's fine it's fine anyway (laughs) i just love this album it's just i love it like i feel it it's just oh my god i sound like such a fucking soppy bitch but it's what it feels like to be in love and it's what it feels like to be alone and it's what it feels like to lose someone it's just Mm -hmm. Probably the way I probably feel that way because I listened to the all of these songs while I was going Whilst, through yeah. 
all of those situations and Mm -hmm. in my brain they've all each song is connected to different moments in my life yeah that's exactly see i fucking again this is exactly what i like with blondes like it's exactly what i'm like with blonde i've listened to blonde during breakups i listen to blondes when i've started like fancying someone i started listening to blonde when i'm like stressed or when i'm having a fucking breakdown it's like (laughs) it's just crazy how much music helps us through these things and how much we associate music with certain memories and feelings because it's just like how can somebody else's art form that was probably created from their emotions connect with mine in this way and it's just weird to think about yeah yeah let's go through the tracks let's go through the tracks so the opening track i've got here on my little notepad that there's a lovely mix of guitar and glitchy percussion. Is the the opening track's called just called Pools to Bathe, then, isn't it? So it's just such a combination of noises, not 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 particularly instruments, but just mm-hmm. noises that somehow sound yeah. so good together. It's I think just my art. yeah, it it is. It's so good. I think my favorite on the EP was Teeth. I think that was my favorite. Like I love the guitar progressions. The guitar progressions on Teeth were, like, so good. And, like, there's, like, I don't know, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but there's just, like, little tidbits of, like, guitar kind of chords in it, and it was just so good. In the harm, I feel like what's really good with the electronic vocal stuff is the harmonization of them as well. That is, like, the solid, like, I love that. And it just all fits together. Like, it all fits together. It's, it's, it's so good. I loved it yeah. a lot. I feel like I I feel bad for people who listen to the podcast. Like, is there ever going to be something that you just don't like? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm easy to please. Like, once we get onto the film, I'm going to suck it off because I absolutely fucking loved it. But, you know, it's just, I just like listening and watching stuff. It, I'm I'm a hard person to just dislike. I think the only time I've disliked something on the podcast is the live action Lion King. Which I had a debate over, which was a good episode. But Did someone select that? Yes, and I had a debate, and they said that the live-action one was better than the art, the art style Gross. one. Gross. It was, it was not good. It was not good. But, you know, I respect their opinion. We've got to respect yeah. opinions on the, on the podcast, you know? Respect the opinion, but... Yeah. So... You're wrong. St- <laughs> you know, back to the... Back to, <laughs> back to the EP. So, still is the track that's, like, the big one. Like, that's got 25 mil plays compared yeah, to 8 mil, say, 7 mil, 4 mil. I was going to say, yeah, still is, like, the one for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can't... I, yeah. When it comes to the album, I can't talk about, you know, like, all, like, music terminology because music is the one form of media I just have no talent in and have no skill in or anything. Like, I know nothing about the terminology or the production or anything. Yeah, all you I know make is... make a fairy band. You should make a fairy band. Uh-huh. All, all I know about this album is that it makes my brain feel nice. <laughs> That's why I like it. Brain it makes, be chill, it, yeah. Brain, it makes my brain go brr, you know? Brr, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, I don't know. I just, I know nothing about, like, the real process behind mm-hmm. it all. I just know that it makes me happy. It makes me warm, warm and fuzzy on the inside, you know? Well, I've got here for my thingy on still, and my notes is a bit ironic because of the name, but I can imagine this being a road trip song, late night car drive Ooh. vibes. Interesting. That's my thing. Even though it's called Still, I can just imagine mm. listening to this whilst driving in a car. So mm. yeah, yeah, interesting I, I, stuff. I would like. I would. Oh my god! I can't believe. I would listen to it while floating in water or pools to bathe in. Oh, get it? Do you, do you get it? Because yeah. the album's called Pools to. Bathe. Right. Okay. So that was the podcast, everyone. 
<laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll close off talking about sister. So, I mean, with sister, again, it's just, the, I think it's, every single track has the harmonizing vocal stuff. And you were saying that the way that they produce their vocals is just, it's just so good. It, it just fits the style that they have. And there's like a slight synth in the background and it all builds up. And then it, it fits as a closer track of starting off quiet and then building up for like one big final ending to kind of close off the EP. And it's just really nice. Just, I just really, really like it. It's a it's a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. All of so. the emotions are good. So to me, that is good music. <laughs> I, I know nothing about music. Can you tell? Oh, bless you. I love music. Like I listen to it so much, but I know nothing about it. It's... But sometimes it's nice to just enjoy things on a surface level. It's like, sometimes I feel like being a pretentious prick when I watch a film. But sometimes I sit there and I'm like, oh, I loved it when, like, Scrimblow killed Blimblow. It was, like, <laughs> such a really fucking good, like, scene. But then someone's, like, the represent... It's like, people. there's people like that in fucking film school, like, in on my oh, degree. God. So Tell I came... <laughs> we're going to talk about this to round off this the conversation. Unless, is there anything else you want to say about that? No, no, no. I've, I just... Yeah, I just like... You just love it. Song. Good songs. <laughs> good songs. Good songs. I feel like I just fucking talked about what I liked on it. Bless you. <laughs> oh, anyway. So this is a bit of an anecdote of this thing about, like, like people in film school, they come from different areas. So... I felt when I first started my degree, I felt very inferior compared to everybody else because I came from being passionate about a create like a very much heavily practical side of filmmaking. I wasn't very good at writing. Uh, I actually dropped out of it A levels, so I got kicked out because I did really shit and I just didn't turn up to anything. And then I did a college course and worked really hard and somehow got into uni. And I w- I went to a I don't know, I don't want to suck myself off, but I went to a uni that's like a, it's like a Russell Group uni, so there's a lot of A-level kind of, or people from A-level backgrounds, and we used to sit there in like lectures, and I would sit there and not know what's going on, and then someone would be like, yeah, so like the, or like, it was mostly seminars, I was sitting in a seminar, and someone would be like, the Marxist representation of Scrimblow, and I'd be like, oh, I fucking don't know, like, I just think it's cool, I think the film is, I think film's cool, man. And I would like, to be fair, shout out to Anderson, but me and my, uh, well, my ex-flatmate, because we're, you know, graduating now, me and Anderson would just sit in seminars and just be like, yeah, that scene was sick, that scene was epic. And then, like, everybody else would talk about, like, the fucking, I don't know, Marxism bollocks or whatever. And, like, I mean, you know, it's stuff that someone, someone will be laughing at this, at this podcast because I don't understand Marxism. But, like, you know, it's just, I'm just not very smart academically. And sometimes it was annoying when I wanted to talk about films because someone always had to, like, talk about representation shit or applying a certain lens to it. And I'm just like, why are we doing this? But then again, when I'm talking about my favorite films, I'm like, oh, yeah, so if you look at this from a queer lens or, like, a you know, neurodivergent lens. So, like, you know, that's why I wrote my dissertation on. So I ended up becoming a pretentious prick at, at uni. So, yeah, there you go. That was a little as, anecdote for you. As a As a fellow film student i totally agree that i i don't i didn't study film for the the the, like the the meaning behind things i purely studied it because i was like i like camera i like video i like to go make video that like like that was it i like to make art man exactly like i didn't want to like it's just Mm -hmm. 
I like obviously part of film is looking into it and the meanings behind things and like that is the whole point to film apparently but to to me personally it's the same with um it's the same with music like I like what I like I don't know yeah. why I like it I just like it like I mm-hmm. rewatched Twilight the other day and someone was like oh it's such a bad film and I was like I don't care uh, handsome uh, vampire <laughs> man you know I was like- just talk I was just that's so weird so I was just talking about this with Jade um my girlfriend. Yesterday, last night, her friend Leah made her watch Twilight. And me and Jade both fucking hate Twilight. Nah. I think it's so shit, man. Nah, it's so nah, shit. Nah, nah. I'm proving your point here. But, like, it doesn't matter if you like shit films, but I'm just saying Twilight is bollocks, man. It sucks. It fucking like, sucks. Yes. Like, okay, the film does suck and, like, the production is awful and, like, the CGI is <laughs> awful and, like, it's all awful. But it makes me feel, like... I don't know. It just makes me feel good. And if that's like me with Spy a piece Kids. of yeah, if a piece of media, no matter how good or bad, makes me feel somewhat good or positive, yeah. then I'm all about that. Like that, I don't care yeah, yeah. about any of the deep stuff. Like if it's yeah. good and makes my brain happy, I will, you know, I will watch it. Yeah, I will guys, listen to it. Yeah, liking things on a surface level, guys, is actually fun. It's like. Don't be a don't be a letterbox consumer once in a while and just like enjoy something. To be fair, I'm such a little letterbox nerd, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like oh, ironically, I feel like that's like me with Spy Kids. Like it's such a shit kids film, but I'm like this fucking rocks. It's like Robert Rodriguez and his like directing style is just so like in your face, dumb, goofy shit. Just fun, fun filmmaking stuff like Sharkboy and Lava Girl. That shit's dumb as fuck, but it's just so fun. Like it's just. It's enjoyable because it's fun and goofy, but yeah. Yeah, no, like that's why I I was like I don't know what I'm gonna talk about on the podcast about like the album or the film because like I don't know the theory or like in depth detail about mm-hmm. either. It just I like them. <laughs> well, and if you know if yeah. I like them, I will I will talk about them forever, as we can tell. <laughs> Well, you know, we're on one hour and 20 minutes. I'm so, so sorry. We'll... Dude, My friends stop are like, where are stop you? Stop apologizing. <laughs> so we've got, we've got, let's, let's have 10 minutes of talking about the film choice to round off the podcast, which yeah. is The Truman Show, directed by Peter Weir or Wire. People are going to hate me for that shit, but you know. So I watched this. I've never watched this fully through. I think it was on like a watching list at uni for me and I never finished it. And it was on Netflix for ages, but I don't think I'd ever fully finished it. But I obviously knew what the premise was and everyone like loves it, like loves this film. Like a lot of my friends said I would really, I said I was watching it for this week, the podcast. I said that I would love it. And I did like on a level of like, it might be out of all the podcast episodes, how many we had now? 15 episodes. It's in like my top three. Like Why? top three of episode, yeah, top three films that have been chosen. To be fair, one of the podcast films that were that was chosen, Punch Drunk Love, is now my favorite film of all time. So, Whoa. you know, fairies have good taste. Apparently, like it's crazy. That is, that I is have really like, interesting. I have a fuck ton of notes here of oh, things dear. that I loved about it, and we've got ten minutes to get through this. I mean, we don't have exactly ten minutes, but you know, it'd be nice to round off in, uh, you know, an hour and a half. But before I get into my stuff. Why did you choose it? Because originally you chose How to Train Your Dragon. But obviously we had that in the second episode um, of the first season, so I couldn't do it again. So what made you pick The Truman Show? Um, 
I think um, since the whole podcast is about like film and um, music, uh, I was like, oh, I might as well choose a film that's like actually a good film and not just one that is like, <laughs> you know, somewhat furry and got animals in it and animated. Yeah. You know, I thought I was like, I'll choose like an actual good film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Truman Show is one of like the first films that really got me like thinking about what, you know, the story behind film. Like I know we just mm-hmm. said, um, I don't care about like the stories behind films and everything, like the deeper meanings, I don't care. Um, I just like it because it makes my brain happy. But like, this is one of those films that like actually changed my mind about that a little bit because mm-hmm. um, I think I watched one of those, you know, those YouTube and and what that that was <laughs> the video um, essay kind of thing. Yeah, I watched a mm-hmm. I watched a video essay on the um, the Truman Show because I think someone sent it to me after we watched it and like I actually sat down and watched it and I was just like in shock about how much thought was put into all of these different things and Mm -hmm. all of this stuff I never picked up on and I was just like this is crazy like this is and I'd never heard of it like the reason I saw it is because I think we went on a school trip and they just took us to some old cinema somewhere and just kind of like put us in the cinema for an hour or two just to like keep us occupied and um they didn't like I had never heard of it before this and really? I'd never, like, I didn't even know what we were going to watch. They didn't even tell mm-hmm. us. Like, I had no, no idea what it was at all. Never heard of it. Um, mm-hmm. And they just, like, sat us down in the cinema and we started watching it. And, yeah. you know, like, it was, I think that was the best possible way to watch it because we didn't know it was a TV show yeah. because we were watching it and we didn't know what the film was about. So we were kind of discovering it as Truman throughout the film, you know, kind of picks up yeah. on these little these little things so it was so interesting being Mm -hmm. just as unaware as he was yeah um but obviously we find out before him that he is in a tv show but it's just such like it's such a crazy concept and i think especially jim carrey carrey jim carrey Yeah. yeah jim carrey um you know he usually plays all these funny characters and i think i mean he's still a bit goofy in this film but um he's actually like i think fred as an acting point of view, like this is such an interesting role for him mm-hmm. to be playing because there are such serious points in it. Yeah. And like, you don't see that side of him very often in films. And yeah, it was just really fascinating to see I him think, play someone yeah. else. I think the serious side of Jim Carrey is like just as good as the goofy side. Have you seen Eternal 100%. Sunshine of the, of the Spotless Mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ter- yeah. Like, he's, he's like, fa- he's so good in that. Like, I really so hate good. how they started casting him as like the same goofy yeah. guy instead of these amazing films that he's been in you know a fun fact of... about that f- that fucking film is i sorry to cut you off and this is actually <laughs> really bad for cutting you off now it's it right? such a dumb thing to cut you off for but no i agree i agree with you in terms of like he isn't just a goofy person like he has range he can do that goofy shit because he has range but this fun fact about eternal sunshine i don't know when the last time it was that you watched it but you know he jacks off to fairyborn in that film no yeah he does no, no he does he does what? he does you know what he does? There's a scene. I, I'm not. I would say I put it. I would put it on the. Um, I would say I put it on the YouTube version, but I don't want the. Uh, yeah, the, don't, I don't want to get that. taken down. <laughs> but like, it, it's because it's basically going through embarrassing parts in his life. In like, oh it, it, there's like a scene where he's like doing the deed, and his mum walks in on him, and it's to like a fairy porn comic. I'm not taking the piss here. Like, I'm That's not taking crazy. the piss. That's crazy. Yeah, I because I watched it, and I was like, what the fuck? And then I messaged my flatmates. I was like, no one told me that this happened in the film. And then they were like, lol, yeah, we just didn't want to tell you because it thought be a surprise. I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Um, anyway, 
Back to Truman Show. But I thought it was an interesting tidbit that's uh, linked to Furry. I still think, like, the the way that he's goofy works with this film, though, where it plays on this idea of, like, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's going insane. Like, he's, like, imagine finding out that your entire life is fake and I would be reacting the same way as Jim Carrey would, like, without the, like, normal goofiness that he's known for. It's, like, essentially his, his, like, goofiness in this film is, like, justified. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. It's, no, his, it's... Uh, his goofiness, I think they use, I, they use his goofiness as a way to show his insanity, which is yeah. so perfect. Like, he's going insane. Like, he's, everyone's telling him he's crazy. Mm-hmm. And they use that, that, that humor in his acting. They use it to yeah. just, like, just to show insanity, which is just fucking mm-hmm. amazing. Like, it's incredible. I, I absolutely adore the ad stuff as well. Like, the advert stuff oh my God. is so good. Like, I was. I was I was creased at that. I fucking loved it. It's such a, like an accurate representation of like modern society now. God, look at me! I sound like a film student now. Yeah, don't I? baby, hey. look at that film student shit, man. <laughs> consumerism, it's just so good. consumerism, consumerism, baby. Where I don't know how much capitalism. Because I, I know you did media. You did media. It's uh, a degree. How much of like? T- did you have any like TV studio experience? I mean, I'm not trying to fucking quiz you with shit. It's just because in the film. Uh, I did film, like, my actual degree was called, like, film and television production. Oh, my God, no way. Mine was literally the same degree. Oh, nice. Okay. So, I found a lot of stuff to be, you know, in terms of uh, as live TV or, like, live TV, like, a lot of the studio work that was done for Truman, I was like, yeah, I've done that shit at uni. Like, it's, like, weird to look at in a... Because it's so meta. Because it's, like, fucking... It's, like, a film... It's like a film that's being or that's being made, but you're filming a TV studio set that's fake. That's making a TV show for a guy who doesn't realize it. It's like so weird. I love it though. Like it's such a unique concept as well. Like it came out what in the late nineties. This film, maybe early nineties. So like it's a fucking. I loved it. Like it was so good. Yeah, oh, like man. it's. It just makes you think and question things. And if a film can do that, then you got yourself yeah. a good film, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> My words to die by in terms of films that make you think is if a film confuses you because it makes you think, but you want to return to rewatch it, understand it more, that's when it's succeeded as a piece of work. But if it, if it confuses the viewer and they don't want to return to it because it's confused them too much or it isn't as engaging as it was, that's when it's failed. And I think with this film, I, I fully want to understand it more or like, well, not really understand it more, but I feel like it's one of those films that if you watch it again with the knowledge of things that happen, you'll watch it differently. Like in terms of extras, like all the people aren't real and stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. And they're all extras. And like you can see if you watch scenes back then when Truman doesn't know yet, you can see in the background these things happening where that that Truman isn't aware of that you're aware of because you're in the know more than him. And it's just yeah. an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, it's 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 not a film. It's an experience. It's an experience, guys. God, kind of crazy. Gross. Listen to me. But <laughs> And I think the acting, um, obviously it's an interesting thing. Laura Linney, who plays uh, his wife, uh, she's really good in Squid and the Whale, directed by Noah Baumbach, who's like my favourite director. But I, I liked her character in a sense that her acting, she was purposefully doing worse acting as he got more suspicious because obviously she's having to keep up this act of it being a real 
life for him. But then, you know, he's starting to become suspicious and, you know, she's stressing out. Uh, so her acting's becoming more kind of sporadic in not as kind of convincing because she's under stress. And it's just like, it's an interesting kind of thing to think about that. She's not doing this to act on TV anymore. She's doing it so the subject of the TV show Truman doesn't, you know, find out. And it's just such a... I don't know. There's so much you can talk about with this film. It's crazy. I know. I should have have chosen a simpler film. No, no. I'm glad you chose this film because I I don't know. I'm just really happy because I feel like it's one of those things of like, if I didn't watch it for the podcast, I wouldn't have watched it for ages because I'm so bad for watching films. What I loved was like the use of um i don't know like the vi- uh, i don't know is it called like the vignette or whatever or like the the i'm definitely Vin- uh, vignette pronoun- yeah vignette there you go the vignette <laughs> oh jesus christ bro <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah the use of that was crazy like on shots that that was used to distinct shots of you know ones that were actual cameras that we used for the yeah, fake the tv show or ones that or there was no vignette when it was like Truman finding out or seeing things from the perspective of the love interest that was kicked off the show. And I also, I love the people, the little montage of people trying to get on the show. Like the guys like head in the present. That's like, you're on TV, <laughs> you're on TV, Truman. No, it's, it's, it's so good. Like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, it's just <laughs> like, I feel like I'm like just bouncing my points. No, yeah. but like, like you said, there's so much you could talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just, it's such an interesting film and there's like, you know, every part of it has been thought about and every, everything has been thought about. Like, it's, the, oh, that, I, yeah. I just don't know what to say. Like, it's no, just that, such no, a good that's film. My, that's my, that's my point I've put like so many times on my notes is that everything just fits. Like, everything's thought about, like, obviously the homeless man, like, quote unquote homeless man that was the actor that wanted to come back and play his dad, messed up everything and Truman thought his dad was back alive when he's actually an actor. And then the next day, you know, it was a homeless man that just went crazy that and he got convinced of that. Then the next day, you can see on the newspaper that's held where he picks up his newspaper, somebody outside that in the big front page story is homeless man goes rabid in town. And it's like because they want him to think that this is real. And, you know, it's just everything's thought about. And I think it's a level of you, you have to think about things on a double because it's like you're thinking about things in terms of making an actual film that's going to be seen by an audience but at the same time you have to think in the in the mind of Truman in a sense that you need to think about every single possibility that this character needs to feel like this world is believable because that's the entire story of him thinking that this is his real life so it's like you have to think about it in both ways and both perspectives yeah (laughs) (laughs) brain empty you know (laughs) Very empty. I mean, we have been talking for like 90 fucking minutes. I just feel my, like I'm rambling about the film, though. I feel bad. Are you no, sure? My, fr- it... my, fr- my friends are like messaging me. They're like, hurry up. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so oh sorry. Oh my God. I'm so okay, sorry. Okay. okay. Do you want to like round it off then? Do you want to round it off? Yeah. Oh, how do I round this off? Okay. <laughs> no, you talk about Truman Show. You talk about Truman Yeah. No, it's just a really like, it makes you think about modern society and how much of like what we're seeing is manufactured as much as what mm-hmm. he's seeing. Like, obviously, we're not in a tv show or are we um but you know how much of what we consume has been like pre-planned it's just so deep like that's just yeah it's society you know society (laughs) like society society that's yeah 
It's, yeah, that, it's, that's our that's our finishing point is society. Society. I've got guys. so much more to say about this, but we will have to wrap it up because we've talked for so long. <laughs> I just do part two. Yeah. Episode I mean, two. if anybody if if anybody wants a reprise of me talking about things, I've been thinking about setting some stuff up like that for specific things. But we will round it off there. It one hour and thirty four minutes. Fuck Jesus. me, talking for England, man. <laughs> um, I think. I, I thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Do you want to plug your little socials? If you have any socials that you want to plug, oh, um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, raining coyotes. Why do I say it like an American? Weird coyotes. Uh, coyotes. Um, I do art. Um, I might start YouTube again. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if the the interest is there, I might watch the space. Like, this watch po- the space. Doing man. this. I'm not gonna lie. Doing this podcast has made me be like, yeah, I want to make stuff again. Fuck so. yeah. May, that's why i like to hear yeah there you go you inspired me so i might i might <laughs> oh I might my god start so inspiring what can um, I say? but like for the time being my twitter mm-hmm. is definitely my most active platform yeah. so i do art that so you can commission me um and that's it i do art and i post pictures of stuff nice Done. you post pictures of cats that you find in the street i fucking love cats yeah don't cats, get me started on cats, cats yeah oh <laughs> yeah. um yeah, the at of uh, Jess's Twitter is the same as the name of the podcast episode, but I'll also be putting it as a link in the description of the YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube. You can follow my Twitter at Matty Feels Ruff, M-A-T-T-Y-F-E-E-L-S-R-U-F-F. So, yeah, that's my main way of contacting me. If you want to be on the show, I've still, I did close applications with it, but I've decided to open them up again because I've had to reschedule some things around. So, if you feel like you want to be on the show and you want to talk about some passions and how you became a fairy and all that jazz. Uh, a link to apply to be on the show is below. You do have to be over 18, just so you know. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Um, I've, got a mi- I've got a mind blank. I've got an actual mind blank. <laughs> Me no. too, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, follow my letterboxd as well. I talk shit about films all the time. That'll be in the description too. Cool. We're done here. Thank you very much for <laughs> we listening. We are done. <laughs> We're done. We're just done. Fully done. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. And I will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.